Welcome to the Alpha Female Podcast with me, your host, Robin Baldwin. This show is to inspire you to embrace living like an alpha female. But what is an alpha female? An alpha female is a powerful and assertive woman. Her confidence is due to being an intelligent and intellectual problem solver. She chooses ambition and is proud of it, but strives for a happy and healthy work-life harmony. An alpha female is the brightest star in her constellation and shines when she stays true to her authentic self. She puts herself first so that she can have more energy for those around her. She sticks to her priorities, is never complacent about striving for better, and nurtures relationships with all the people in her life. So let's get started. This podcast is sponsored by Real Plans. If my purpose is to inspire others to be proactive with their health, it will depend on getting you into the kitchen and preparing real food from scratch. I do believe it's possible to eat out or use meal deliveries to stay healthy, but without the inclusion of home-cooked meals, I think we're missing key ingredients in our nutrition. So while you can't always cut out the cooking, you can cut out the stress with real plans. I've been living the meal planning and Sunday meal prep lifestyle since my days as a fitness competitor in 2009, and when I was diagnosed with MS in 2014, I then launched into further nutritional education and incorporating the Walls Protocol, an autoimmune paleo way of eating into my life. So sometimes I use a pen and paper for meal planning, or I was using a meal planning board, and then I discovered the online platform Real Plans, and I actually screamed with excitement, and I'm serious, I screamed. Because I can spend 10 minutes a week creating a meal plan on my desktop, it then generates a grocery list that goes to the free app on my phone. And as I'm shopping, I can check off each item. And as I'm cooking, I can click on recipes and the full recipe will show up. So head on over to bit.ly, so B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash alpha real plans. That's alpha R-E-A-L-P-L-A-N-S to check them out. You are listening to the Alpha Female Podcast, episode 63. All links and show notes can be found at robinbaldwin.com forward slash podcast. Today on the show, we're talking to Dr. Nakessa Remy. Dr. Nakessa is a leading Canadian chiropractor and health and wellness professional with a passion for sports injury prevention and enabling others to be their own health champions. Her philosophy stems from her belief that healthy living is a right and not a privilege. For more information, you can find out about Dr. Remy on drnakessiremy.com and all links will be, of course, on the show notes. Uh, So welcome to the show, Dr. Nakessa. Thank you so much for having me, Robin. I'm very excited. I'm excited too. And what's really amazing, and it's not actually in your short bio, but I I popped on over to your website uh, before our interview, and you talk about uh, wanting to inspire proactive health with your audience. And that's been kind of my biggest bandwagon or like a preaching pulpit that I've been on is teaching people that they really are in charge of their health and uh, that they need to own it. So I'm excited that we have that alignment. Me too. Me too. So when, um, when I read you the definition of alpha female and where it stands today, what did you think of it? And then how are you one? 
Well, it's a very interesting um, definition, and I'm glad that we had a chance to talk a little bit about it before recording. But I think it's important, as you mentioned, to have the confidence in who you are and what you do. And as a woman in this field in particular, there's not a lot of us (laughs) in my field. And sometimes that could kind of I don't know, scare me a little bit or sometimes maybe throw me off my tracks a little bit because I don't see a lot of other people looking like me in my field. But at the end of the day, it really comes down to the fact that I am passionate about what I do and who I am, not just who I am in the clinic, but who I am outside of the clinic and the presence that I have and what I can offer my community. And It's important for me and I think for women everywhere to understand that even if you don't necessarily see someone who looks like you doing what it is that you love to do, you need to continue to do it. And who knows, you might inspire others along the way um, just by having that passion and that belief that you can really do what you put your mind to doing. Mm -hmm. I love it. When we had uh, Heather Waxman on the show a few episodes ago, she actually inspired the part of the definition where it says she's the brightest star in her constellation. And I, I love how that applies to you because you're in a chiropractic world, but you've niched down, it sounds like, to a sports injury aspect, which is um, which I believe is what you're talking about, not being, you know, um, one of many women, but one of many men. So niching down there, like you're shining within that kind of niche area. Yeah, I really, and I, I believe I am, and it's taken a lot of work, <laughs> a lot of work, but um, I'm very lucky that I have really good support around me. Like my family has been extremely supportive and, and other women who are doing things that, you know, not necessarily in the sports field, but just pioneers in their own field to just have that support and have someone in your corner saying, you know what, you can do it. Keep going, keep striving and never stop. No matter what roadblocks come before you, never stop. And that was really helpful for me. Two years ago, I had the opportunity to work at the uh, Pan Am Games here in Toronto. had a chance to be part of the medical team. And I was like the only female. Not only that, within my area, I was the only minority as well. And so it's often a situation that sometimes uh, that often a situation that I find myself in. And it's just, again, comes down to believing that I'm supposed to be there. doesn't matter if nobody else looks like me. I'm supposed to be there because I am doing what I'm meant to do. Yeah. And it's uh, it's not always about fitting in and off a female usually stands out. What um, what made you fall in love with sports injury? Well, uh, as a young kid, I used to love running track and field. And um, my biggest inspiration um, prior to the 88 Olympics was Ben Johnson. So I really followed his career as like a six, seven year old (laughs) kid. I was mesmerized by just his form, the way he was able to use his muscles to achieve like optimal performance. And so that's what kind of got me on this road was really my curiosity about the human body and just understanding what it's actually capable of doing. If it trains right, if it heals properly, it's amazing what the body can do. So as a young kid, uh, as an athlete myself, I just was always fascinated with figuring out how I could be better, how my muscles can work harder or how I can get over an injury quicker. And from there, I followed it until where I am today. That's awesome. That's so um, kind of interesting to always hear people's backgrounds of what what created uh, the, the passion. So I always ask my guests, 
what are you most passionate about? So I'd love to dive deeper in there. Mm-hmm. Well, we touched a little bit about it before, but I've been in this field now for about t- over 10 years. And what makes me the most passionate is seeing people become their own health advocates. We are in an age where we are inundated with all kinds of information about health and wellness through TV, social media, internet. It's it's all over the place. And I find sometimes that can scare people. They don't know where to go, what to do. So they often become very dependent on their healthcare providers, which is, I, I understand it to a certain degree. But when I see patients able to take the information that I have given them and apply it to their own health and able to kind of overcome different barriers on their own, that is what makes me most passionate. And that is what I continue to strive to do is to help others take a more active role in their health. What would you say is um, like the one piece of advice you would give someone who has an integrative team, so trusts many different professionals, um, but how, how do you like work with them? Because they may hear something from one professional, but how do they take what you say and actually provide it to someone else in a way that's not kind of undermining? Well, what I'll often do is most, I've been lucky, I've, I've had a lot of uh, patients who's teams are kind of like myself, open to hearing what other practitioners have to say. The thing is, at the end of the day, you what I tell patients is follow your own instincts. You know your body best. If different people are giving you different pieces of advice, take it all in, but look at the pieces that speak to you the most. And what I often do is I will give patients my point of view, what I see going on, and make sure I break it down to a way that they understand it so that they can deliver that message to other people. And if they're not comfortable doing that, I will often say, hey, why don't I contact your other doctor or your personal trainer, whoever else is helping you with your health? I I go out of my way to contact them to build relationships with other members of their team. So at the end of the day, we all can come down to the fact that we have the patient's best interest at heart. But As I said before, I think it's really important for people to understand that they know their body best and follow their instincts because a lot of times diagnoses are made off of what patients tell us, not necessarily what, you know, an x-ray might show or an MRI might show because they can show all kinds of things. But 70% of the time, the diagnosis will come from what the patient tells us. So they have the information and they need to be confident that they have that information inside of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because so many times it's based on symptoms and um, what's it's not always visual. So uh, it's also a really big challenge for people to be able to, to learn how to communicate properly. I thankfully have um, been on a, I call it my health journey for several years now, and I actually miss my Toronto professional. So I moved from Toronto to Ottawa in 2016 and had to rebuild my healthcare team. And I didn't realize how open-minded my healthcare team was. And I could, I could take information from one and sit down with the other and say, but I'm researching this right now. How can you assist me in this now? And and now I'm in a a system that's very closed off and very old school and I didn't realize. Um, So it's, it's uh, for those that are listening who are in smaller towns, mind you, Ottawa is not a small town. So it boggles my mind, but those that are in major centers where you have a plethora of open-minded professionals, you don't realize how good you have it. 
And I think that's the future of healthcare is building these integrative teams. And so I'm lucky here uh, in downtown Toronto, we have a medical and what we call non-medical practice. So there are family doctors here, there are chiropractors, acupuncturists, naturopaths, psychotherapists, and we really are built on that philosophy that healthcare is integrated. So patients come in and they have access to all of us and we all work together to make sure that every aspect of that patient's care is being met. And I'm hoping that, you know, with time, we'll see more of these clinics in big cities, small cities, but I really do believe that's the future of healthcare. I basically fell in love with private practice when it was on TV and I was like, when is this going to exist? And now you see all of those private practices like popping up and you're like, oh, my TV dream is coming true. Um, okay, so we want to dive into how you take care of yourself as an alpha female and as a as a professional. So what does your work-life harmony look like? That's always a good question because I feel like it's always evolving, <laughs> depending on where I am. But for me, especially because my job is so physical, I do have to make sure that I am taking care of my physical self. Um, but also my emotional self. And that's something that I don't often talk a lot about. But when you're dealing with people in pain, it takes a toll on you too, because it's hard to watch someone in pain, especially someone who's in chronic pain and and in pain every day. So for me, it's yes, taking care of my physical health. I go to the gym, I make sure I'm doing cardio and weights on a weekly basis. But it's also about, for me, self-meditation. And actually, this past weekend, I was able to do a yoga nidra course, which is kind of a guided meditation course. And I find for me, taking the time to really make sure that I'm balancing both physical and mental health to be extremely important. Otherwise, I don't think I can give 100% of myself to my patients. So yes, I'm at the gym. Yes, I'm eating right and doing all those things. But I'm also making sure I take the time for my own mental health. Mm, I love that. Okay, so let's get into a little bit more nitty gritty. It's my audience. The listeners love to hear exactly different tips and tricks that they could try for themselves. So um, when it comes to immune health, um, what do you do to ensure that your immune system is boosted and supported? I, like I said, I'm very lucky to work with a naturopath. So, okay. so she keeps me on track, but I do make sure that I'm taking daily supplements. Um, for me, vitamin D and magnesium are especially important. I think for everyone, vitamin D really, because I yeah. mean, look, the weather. <laughs> no, oh, the no- winter. <laughs> exactly. So I make sure I take vitamin D and magnesium for my overall muscle health. Cause like I said, my job is, is very physical. And for me also, um, she's recommended and I've been doing it now for almost a year, uh, probiotics. Uh, I don't have a lot of dairy in my diet. So the probiotics make sure that I'm getting all the good bacteria and stuff that my body needs to fight off, um, infection. Um, and also to, um, water. I try to drink water throughout the day because for me, I am easily dehydrated as as I get older for whatever reason. I find that I I do get dehydrated and fatigue quite easily around three, four (laughs) o'clock during the week. So for me, I find making sure that I always have water 
makes a big difference for me in keeping me healthy and not getting sick. Because I find sometimes fatigue is a good indication that something's not going on or your immune system isn't at its best. So really doing what I need to do to make sure that I'm not hitting those fatigue levels like I do midday is really, really important for me. So water and of course, all the uh, supplements that uh, my naturopath has recommended for me. So I haven't asked this of a, a guest yet, because for anybody that, you know, has a desk job or is in one location, you know, they can pour a lovely swell bottle or a pitcher of water and refill it throughout the day. Uh, but someone that's on the go and seeing patients or maybe at different locations, how do you ensure that you've actually got your water with you? Like, do you carry a water bottle from room to room? Give us like a detail. <laughs> Well, believe it or not, I have a water bottle in each office. I have a water bottle in my vehicle as well yeah. <laughs> that I make sure to keep full. But what I'll often do is I'll tell patients, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to step out, grab some water. I'm just feeling a little bit parched. And they totally get it. Yeah. So even if I'm not able to carry it from room to room, if I know it's time, oh, my throat's feeling a little icky or I've been talking a lot, my throat's getting dry, I will just tell patients, you know what, I just got to step out and grab my water bottle because I wish I can carry it with me, but I always put it down, leave it somewhere. Yeah. But I'm, I'm honest with patients. I'll just say, hey, I got to step out for one sec. That's <laughs> grab awesome. My water. If you have yours, <laughs> you grab yours too. Yeah. And let's talk over some water in the next five minutes. That's cool. But I'm honest with it because I, I know how important it is and um, patients I've got great patients. They totally understand when I need my water fix. Very cool. All right. So you kind of mentioned cardio and weights, but get, get a little bit more into what is your weekly fitness routine like? So I am a big, I love to run, but I don't like to run outside. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, I've had some ankle injuries in the past. And I find now for me personally, when I'm running outside, I need a lot of recovery time, like at least 24 hours. And sometimes I've got busy work days. I'm on my feet all day. So I don't have access to 24 hours of recovery time. So I'll often hit the treadmill and I do so about twice a week. Um, and I'm lucky I have a condo, so I've got a, an exercise room, so it's great access to it. But I do like to run at least twice a week. And I'll follow those runs with um, more body-weighted exercises. Uh, I'm not heavy on lifting a lot of heavy weights um, from the purposes of my fitness. It's not necessary. I can achieve a lot of the strength gains that I want just doing TRX exercises, plyometrics, where I'm really just using my own body weight. So again, I'll do that twice a week. And then as I mentioned before, I do try to fit in a yoga class once a week for overall flexibility. I think flexibility is so underrated. People don't understand um, how important it is in overall health. Um, so I do once a week do a yoga class, um, either here in the office. I'm Again, I'm very lucky. Our office building has uh, weekly uh, yoga classes. Actually, there's one happening right now. <laughs> uh, otherwise, I've got a yoga studio near my house where I go once a week. So it's a balance of cardio, strength training, flexibility. Important. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, and interestingly, you said TRX. We haven't really talked about it on the show. I feel like it was like the fitness trend of a couple of years ago that was like, booming. You can find them in like all the good lives, but uh, you don't see a lot of people, especially like on social media, really owning the TRX space or being a, a big proponent because it can like, there's only so much you can do with it. There is a ton, but it's like same location, same type of movements. 
But so important, especially if you're busy on the go, don't have time to go to the gym. Um, I used to try to take mine to the gym, but then like monopolizing the cable machine <laughs> for, for for like an entire workout, just like I got really bad stares. So I stopped doing that. But it's so it's so important from a, an at-home perspective because you can get a really good workout with them. Oh. Totally. I love it. And funny you should mention about social media, but just yesterday, somebody posted a picture of Lady Gaga <laughs> using TRX. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. So it'll take another, it'll become a new, new trend yeah. all over again. Exactly. Thanks to Gaga, it will be out <laughs> about <laughs> in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> um, that's awesome. So because you deal with sports injury um, and athletes, so we've had this conversation on the show a bit. So I'm an obstacle course racer. And my biggest kind of um, soapbox that I'm now on is the rest mentality and re- or prehab instead of rehab, like ensuring that you have the right stabilizers built up so you're not getting the sprained ankles or uh, impinged shoulders from like climbing over walls improperly, stuff like that. So um, how do you, and this is because I have this problem with practitioners, how do you see an athlete and get them to actually do these exercises without coming across as like preachy. Cause I know that that's something in this world that no one wants to be like told what to do. So how do you, how do you work with your athletes? Well, you've got to definitely make it fun <laughs> with not just athletes, with anybody. You have to come up with new ways to kind of keep them on their toes, show them things that they may not necessarily have done before. Athletes in particular, I find that they have a completely different mindset. They like to be challenged. Um, they want to know what's the latest uh, technology or what's the latest exercise pattern. They want to know because they want to be on top of their game. And it's great for me. I mean, granted that that makes me have to stay on my toes, constantly doing research and seeing what's out there. Um, but if you explain it to them as the fact that, Hey, they want to be healthy through the season. They want to be performing their best, whether they're doing obstacle races, they're playing basketball, baseball, it doesn't matter. Whatever they're doing, they want to be the best at it and make sure that they don't get hurt. So a lot of the exercises that I give them, I give them a quick description of what the exercise is, but I do spend the time really just kind of telling them this will help prevent that shoulder injury that you had last year or that ankle sprain that you had earlier in the season. These exercises or these activities, um, that's another thing is the language that we use. I often will say, okay, let's get on the floor and play, or let's try this activity as opposed to calling it exercise, uh, because exercise obviously means work to a lot of people. So Oftentimes we'll just get down uh, into the, onto the mats on the studio floor and play. And one of my favorite things right now, I took a course recently um, all about working on the ground. So doing activities like rolling, you would be amazed at how difficult rolling actually is when you using it to train your core. And that's the big thing. I find prehab to really prevent whether it's a shoulder, wrist, knee, ankle injury, prehab has to start with the core because that really is the powerhouse of the body. That is where all motion starts. 
the shoulders, the knees, the wrists, the ankles, they kind of fine tune the movement. But the movement has to be originated from the core. That's the only way the body is going to work efficiently. So when I say let's get down and play, a lot of that play is going to be doing exercises like rolling <laughs> that really helps to engage your core and get your core firing at its best. Because ultimately, strong core will help to reduce a lot of the chronic injuries I see in my athletes. All I hear and like see in my head is all of like the new moms posting like tummy time with their babies. Like it's basically going back to tummy time. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so funny you say that because that's exactly what he was saying. This uh, gentleman uh, called Scott Pace, Stop Chasing Pain. That's exactly what he's saying. We got to get back to how we were as kids. Kids can touch their toes. Why is we as adults can't touch our toes? We should be able to. Oh, the, right. yeah. The, and now all I see is the fact that I cannot do, I have a locked pelvis right now on the right hand side. And like, I can't do happy baby for the life of oh, me. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My healthcare team is trying to figure that out. Good. Good. Yes. Yes. It's good to have the team to help figure, figure that out. But yeah, we need to get back on the floor and play. And the other thing too, is when you're on the floor, you've got a lot of nerves in our skin, right? And so the more stimulation they have, the better our nervous system works. When we stand, it's only our feet that are on the floor. So we're only getting a certain amount of input from the nervous system. But when our hands, our knees, our legs, when they're all on the floor, our nervous system is getting a lot more information. And that will only help us perform better or play better. So getting on the floor is really my new thing and what I've been doing for the last month with my athletes, and not just athletes, with all of my patients, I believe, um, starting there is, is a good spot. Very cool. Um, okay, so let's get into um, nutrition. How do you nourish yourself? Well, I um, am pretty obsessed with my Vitamix. Not okay. to make here, but I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> um, and every day I start off with a smoothie. Yes, I'm a very busy person, and sometimes you know I don't always make, don't always get all the vegetables and I'm supposed to get in a day or the fruits. But if I have a smoothie, it takes away a lot of that pressure because I can just put everything I need into the smoothie. And so with the help of, again, my, my naturopath here, uh, Dr. Shannon, she's really given me a recipe for smoothies that I give to all my patients now. Um, and it, it allows you to touch on your protein, your fiber, your green, your fruits. You can put it all in and get all your nutrients in one shot, which is what I love easy and you can also modify it too so you're not always drinking the same thing mm, yeah that's what i love about smoothies is that you can start with you know recipes that you get um from any healthcare professionals or online and then you can like slowly adapt them like you switch out the liquids you switch out fruits or greens like spinach one week kale the next week my favorite different proteins um i've tested um uh like very very like heavy green smoothies that used to be my thing every single day I'd bring one to the office and everyone was like okay what is in there and now 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 my smoothies are, are much more um warm warmer based uh due to something I discovered in Chinese medicine that I can't actually process like the the green smoothies early in the day that I need like turmeric and ginger first thing so it's um love smoothies but it like it's it again it's like so personal we always have to like 
test and become our own science experiment of like, what can we actually digest properly? That's right. That's right. And I think if everyone just has like a starting point, like a basic formula at the end of the day, that's all I want. I'm not going to tell you exactly what needs to go into the smoothie, but at least you have a formula and then yeah, play with it. That makes it fun. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and then it's basically like science class. Like we used to stand in front of like beakers as kids and like mix all these things. Now, now we're, now our science experiments are Vitamix based. (laughs) (laughs) We're doing a house renovation right now. And I had to bring my Vitamix. Uh, we're staying with my parents and I'm like, mom, I'm bringing my Vitamix. She's like, we have one. I'm like, I know, but I'm bringing mine too. (laughs) It's my my child. (laughs) I went two weeks without one and I didn't think I was going to make it. (laughs) (laughs) I know whenever I go on vacation, I like, I keep thinking like, how do I bring my Vitamix with me? Like, I, yes, I could downgrade, downgrade and bring a magic bullet or whatnot, but I'm like, no, but I want the Vitamix. (laughs) This is the best. I have my smoothies in the morning, my soups at night. Oh, it's perfect. Speaking of nighttime, uh, if you've built up any stress during the day, how do you wind down? Um, for me, it comes back to what I mentioned earlier, really about kind of like just meditating, kind of shutting things down a little bit. And one of the things that I use is I try to focus on what's called diaphragmatic breathing. So I'll often do this like right before I've kind of gone before I fall asleep or anything like that. I usually just go into my room, finish reading whatever journal or book that I'm reading, and I'll lie there and I'll just kind of practice working my diaphragm. Using your diaphragm to breathe is important because obviously it helps to get oxygen to your body and all the muscles, but it also helps to lower your heart rate and to help reduce overall stretch stress, which is really important to helping get a good night's sleep. So for anyone who's not sure what diaphragmatic breathing is, a quick tool or a little exercise I should say that I give patients is place one hand on your chest, one hand on your belly. And if you take a deep breath in, you should feel your belly expand. And as you exhale, you should feel it go down. Now, while you're breathing, the hand on your chest should not be moving at all. All the breathing should really be coming from your stomach and your diaphragm. If you're using your chest, you're going to kind of obviously feel that rise and fall. But you know what? That indicates that you're also using your neck to breathe. That's not so good because your neck has a lot of other things it needs to do during the day. So using it to breathe can only help, will only increase stress and tension in through the neck, which is not going to make for a good night's sleep. So spending about five minutes just doing some nice, deep diaphragmatic breathing helps me get into my kind of Zen state to allow for a really good night's sleep. I love that you explain it because I've gone to so many practitioners that hand me a piece of paper. Yeah. And it's like, are you sure you can read about all these things, but unless you experience and actually get walked through it once, reading a piece of paper is not going to teach me how to breathe properly. Absolutely not. And I you know what? I scrapped giving papers <laughs> to patients back. Because honestly, I knew, I knew from the get-go they were it was going into the garbage. They weren't <laughs> holding on to that. I think it's really good to walk through a patient through it, make sure they understand it and they can do it. And then we also do a lot of now with YouTube, we can just upload videos of ourselves doing it so they can see. Or what I like to do too is I'll take a patient's phone and video them doing it so that way they can see what it looked like and what it and remember what it felt like. Oh, I For love it. Yeah. That's yeah. so good. 
Um, now I'm regretting moving to Ottawa. <laughs> um, okay. I a couple great practitioners in Ottawa. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll talk. <laughs> I, need, I need a team. All right. Um, okay, so this is a question that was inspired by um, Diana House, one of our alpha females on the show. But she um, inspired me to start asking us to focus on uh, what are some pain points in our life as alpha females, whether it's how people perceive us, how we manage ourselves, but what's one of your pain points that you have problem solved for or are constantly problem solving for? One of for? my, I, I, for me, in terms of self-management, it really is learning to kind of take time to almost just celebrate what I've accomplished. You know, I have lists in my head all the time of what I need to do, what the next step is, what the next goal is. And it comes to a point where I'll get to a step, check it off, and then just go on to the next. Really really not taking the time to say, hey, I just did that. Hey, I just accomplished that. And at the end of the day, if I don't do that, it's almost like, okay, what's next? I don't appreciate anything. And it just leaves me feeling more stressed because I'm still focused on what's left to do, not what I've actually already done. And it's a constant battle for me to learn to just kind of stop, really look at what I've achieved or, you know, what they always say, you know, stop and smell the roses and take the time to appreciate that. And don't look at that time as I'm wasting time or, you know, now I, I'm a day back from doing what I could have been doing. I think it's so important for all of us to really stop and just take a moment to appreciate and to celebrate what we've accomplished and understand that by taking the, that day or that five minutes, whatever it is, your business, your, your business or your life is not going to collapse. Like <laughs> nothing bad is going to happen by you just learning to celebrate what you have accomplished. And I think for me, it's something that I struggle with. Oh my gosh. I feel like every day. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Well, the thing with alpha females is that because we've got so many goals and ambitions, we're also overachiever. I like to call us um, like reformed overachievers because we're trying to, you know, maybe do less instead of have our hands in so many different buckets. But it's the same thing. If we're obsessed with to-do lists and achievement, we cross something off and then we're like, what's the next thing? And we're part of the definition is we are never um, complacent, like we always strive for better. But that's kind of our worst enemy, because the the whole like power of now mentality and like being present is something that I know escapes so many of us. Because yeah, like if I if I sit down and open a bottle of champagne and celebrate this moment with my team you know, the next person beside me, like they're going to be hustling oh, yeah. and working harder yes. than me. It's so true. It's so true. I, I, and I find for myself, I am always looking at what other people, other women are doing or other people are doing and thinking, wow, I need to, I, I, I need to be working just as hard as she is, or I need to be working harder. And that's not good. I need to remember to kind of like stay in my own lane. <laughs> I've made it this far. You know, I, I think my lane is pretty good and just stay in it and be present in it. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with celebrating me sometimes. Like it's okay. I shouldn't feel bad about celebrating what I've done or, you know, patting myself on the back. Like that's okay to do because sometimes there are people who aren't going to do it for you and there's nothing wrong with you doing it yourself. And uh, yeah. And that's something that, again, that, yeah, I do have to kind of remind myself to do <laughs> pretty frequently. <laughs> 
So I'm going to, I'm going to put you on the spot in the hopes of inspiring the listeners to do this for themselves. But what's, what, what's a win that you've recently accomplished that you haven't celebrated yet? And how are you going to celebrate it after we get off this podcast? Oh my gosh. Well, (laughs) actually I, um, funny you should say that. I recently just, uh, purchased my, uh, first place. (laughs) first home. Um, yeah. And again, (laughs) here I am like, okay, great. I got the home. Okay. Now look, I've got to paint this. I've got to get that organized. I've got to set up the bed. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Hey, I just bought a home. I just bought a place. I have to decorate it so I can take pictures and prove to Instagram that I'm all organized. I I haven't even stopped to just open that bottle of champagne and say, hey, I just bought a place by myself. Like, I haven't even done that because I'm too busy thinking about the decor and (laughs) all this other stuff. So I think what I really need to do, and and I've been saying this for the last two weeks, is I want to take a weekend off. (laughs) I want to just order some food open that bottle of champagne and call a couple of my girlfriends over, sit on the floor because I don't have a dining room set yet. I love it. Make a picnic. And I'm going to do that. Now that I've said it to you, Robin, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Amazing. I'm I'm so excited for you. (laughs) That that is awesome. Yeah, that makes me happy. Thank you. I've, I've, I've challenged guests on the show before, but I think this is my first like flat out challenge. So I'm going to send you pictures. Amazing. Okay. So this takes us full circle to my favorite question of the show. And as I'm sitting here with a massive grin on my face, please, please share with us. What is your definition of happiness? Right now, my definition of happiness is being confident and comfortable with the fact that the woman that I am today is exactly who she's supposed to be and exactly where she's supposed to be, good or bad. (laughs) I absolutely love it. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule for us today. Thank you, Robin. Thank you. (laughs) I've alluded to in the past how I use essential oils in my life to up-level my health. They're just basically a tool in my healthcare tool belt. If you're confused about how to use essential oils and you have no idea how to incorporate them in your life, I want to provide you with my top 10 ways to use essential oils cheat sheet. So head on over to bit.ly forward slash oil cheat sheet. That's bit.ly forward slash oil cheat sheet. O-I-L-C-H-E-A-T-S-H-E-E-T to get your free copy now. Thank you for listening to the Alpha Female Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. And I would love you to eternity and back if you would be so kind to open your podcast app of choice. Go do it now before changing to the next episode. And just leave me a rating and review. It'll help other alpha females find this podcast and join in on the conversations. You can find more of me at robinbaldwin.com and join us next week for another inspiring chat. Have a spectacular day.